listening to the Midwest Bias Podcast, where we love Subarus, Tater Tot Hot Dish, and I-95 is a bingo ball, you betcha. <laughs> How's that? Does that work out, Kirsten? Why, yes. Yes, it does, Tony Kornheiser. Thank you very much. As Tony said, this is Kirsten, or KJ, and welcome to the Midwest Bias Podcast. Here's a little housekeeping, which will take exactly two seconds. We have no podcast reviews this week. Actually, it'll take a little longer. I lied. We had some technical difficulties this week taping with our Midwest guest co-host because of my poor country internet. But we do get it resolved about, I don't know, maybe 13 minutes into that segment. So hang on. It does get better. And it's it's only really my voice that's not coming through as well. Okay, back to the show. I think it's time for the best thing I saw all week. It's the best thing I saw all week. The best thing I saw all week was definitely the Give to the Max Day. Give to the Max Day is a Minnesota... I don't know if it, maybe other states do it too, but Minnesota does it, and thousands and thousands of charities, I think over 6,000 charities, and not just charities, but organizations, sign up to be a part of Give to the Max Day, and it's one place where everybody can go to donate. And sometimes I think there are matching donations depending on the organization, but they raise a ton of money. Let me look. Uh, I probably should have prepared this beforehand, but I didn't. But they raise a ton of money in one day. And it's always in November. So in 2021, they raised $34.3 million for 6,457 organizations. And this year they raised $34.6 million for 6,439 organizations. And I found out that One of the organizations was the Minnesota, South Dakota, and North Dakota chapters of the ALS organization. And this organization has been so good to Mama, I can't even, I just cannot believe it. It, They give her everything she needs. They have sent her from the smallest things like little foam padding to put on her silverware so she can hold silverware easier to a shower chair that she picked out from the internet because it had different features than the shower chair that the organization had. They paid for that. They have sent her multiple voice amplification systems. She tried a couple and they didn't work. They worked, but then they quit working and They kept sending her different ones, and this last time I think she said, I'm just going to do some research on my own and uh, look for something else. And the next day, there was a box on her doorstep with a new machine so that mom didn't have to try and research this on her own. They sent her the newest, the brand new, the Series 8 Apple Watch, y'all, because it has fall detection. And they do whatever they can to try and get you to get the things you need to stay in your home as long as you can. They sent her like a Wi-Fi camera. So if we don't hear from her or something, we can check the cameras. 
it's just a fantastic organization. So the best thing I saw all week was they raised just over 21000 just for that organization in one day. I think 140-some people donated. I donated, um, and I think some of you donated, and I just want to say thank you if you did. It, I really, like, I am blown away at what this organization does. They are incredible. So happy to know that they raised that much more money in one day. That's fabulous. So that is the best thing I saw all week. It's the best thing I saw all week. All right, time to do a little taste test. Yeah, it's time for a taste test with the Hoffer and the Hall of Famer, I should say. The Hall of Famer is with me. Hello, Hoffer. Hello there. Thanks for joining me again. It's been uh, two weeks since our last episode, and I think we did have a taste test at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it feels a lot longer. It does. Like it's it been a lot longer. Yeah, well, we've been very busy mm-hmm. working on getting Mama moved to a new apartment, and boy... <laughs> just reminds you how you never if you don't have to move to stay put or hire a moving company to do it all yeah it was a lot of work it was a lot of work but now we're to the point of just sort of where are the pictures going to hang and where where do you want things and stuff like that so we have everything unpacked and the place looks great and i think she is going to really like it there yes it's it's she already does like it Mm -hmm. there so that's what we've been doing and nothing else we haven't gone anywhere no no we've just been packing yeah basically the first half of november Mm -hmm. and end of october there was an exciting announcement that pink is taking brandy carlisle on her summer tour and i'm very excited about that Mm -hmm. may have purchased tickets already Spent lots of money. Too much. much. Way too much. Well, you got Pink, and then you have Brandy. So Pink is touring with Brandy some of the the time and Pat Benatar the other time. And you got two powerhouses at each. And then there's also other acts. They're going to charge a lot. Yep. And it's like a stadium tour as well. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see Brandy flying around in trapeze outfit like uh, Pink. (laughs) you think that's gonna happen nope <laughs> okay all right so we have more beer we got two more shipments of beer yes one from ed butt oh hang on it's the name drop name drop of the week and one from bob walsh oh hang on it's the name drop of the week. So Ed's came before Bob's, and we do have one beer left from Patrick Smith, correct? Yes. One? Yep. I think last time we said we had two. Yeah, I believe we only have one. Speaking of that, did you have a Hall of Fame correction from? In, you had one. Do you? Do you know I. One? It's been so long now. I forgot. Yeah, neither one of us wrote it down. No. Of course. Anyway. But yes, I definitely told you you were wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, but well, that's that's a daily occurrence, is, so I'm going to forget. <laughs> this is very exciting, isn't it? That I asked, do you have a halt for the infant correction? No. Okay, let's move on. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, so the beers. We're going to taste one from Patrick Smith and one from Ed Butt. Which one are we tasting first? The one from Patrick Smith. Okay, then I'll hold Ed Butt's note okay. that he sent along until then. All right. This one is from Wild Minds Ales, Wild Mind Ales, and it's canned in Wanakee, Wisconsin. Oh, we have a Midwestern beer. Big time. And this one is called Apex of the Vortex, smoothie style sour ale with passion fruit and mango. Ooh, we're yeah. gonna like this smoothie style. Mm-hmm. Patrick just knows how to pick these beers yep. that he's going to get. You know what? Speaking to Patrick, he did tweet because two weeks ago it was with Mama and Crazy Aunt mm-hmm. too, right? The yep. taste test. Yep. And Patrick tweeted something like, at, "I think it's at Smitty underscore Scoop or at Smitty Scoop. I think it's just at Smitty Scoop." He was he was very pleased that one of the beers that he sent in got three you betchas. <laughs> And he felt like he could never top that again. Well, I'd say he probably is right because we aren't going to have Mama and Crazy Ant on every time. So it's not possible. That's true. And speaking of Patrick's, Patrick Moffat texted me and said, it's now going to be a requirement that you have family taste tests all the time. (laughs) Well, we do have family coming soon. So we could could do it again. I wish that were possible, Patrick. I really do because that was a fun episode for Mm -hmm. us. Sure was. All right. This one is uh, 4.5% alcohol by volume. And the logo, uh, it must be. The logo of the. Uh, I'm sorry. Company? Not, yeah, not the logo. I, it oh, doesn't even the, seem like there is a logo. Right here. Oh, well, it's very minimal. Yeah. Like you could barely see it on the can. Okay. It's uh, well, all about design. I think you're talking about, you're talking about the can art. Yes, the can art is very cool. They look like a bunch of tornadoes. Is that, is that supposed to be a vortex? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. To me, it looks like the abom- abominable snowman is going up a hill, wa- walking oh, up the mountain. That's wow. what it looks like to me. Yeah, see, and I think it looks like tornadoes well you'd be more accurate because what's the name of the beer something about apex of the vortex yeah so the can is uh there's some blues and some whites it looks like ice and water basically yeah. is what it looks yep. like it sure does and um yeah very cool looking mm-hmm. all right let's and crack it open what i was gonna what, why i mentioned patrick smith's tweet about the three you betches is because i think he pretty much knows he's got a five here from both of us as well that is cloudy it, it's very it, smoothie like it did, did as it, they said did it talk about oh. what kind of hints of what and no, water in no, there no it didn't but it, it told us about the the sour ale okay with passion fruit mango i can smell it from here it's like a good eight inches oh, passion fruit mango and mango oh it is strong smelling mm, and it's I'm going for it it's it does look mangoey it's yeah, orangish yeah, yes it is no orange-ish. head whatsoever no no and i it doesn't seem like there's ever head with these smoothie styles. Uh, yeah, it's well. just too smoothie-like. All right, I'm going for it. Five. Mm-hmm. Big you time. Betcha. Oh, we should review oh, the rating yeah. system. Well, let me have another sip before we do that. <laughs> Definitely not a zero. Zero is ish. ish. One is criminy. Two, oofta. Oofta. 
Three. It's interesting. Four. Ah, geez, that's that's good. good. And five. You betcha. And that was a five. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a great mix of flavors. You could definitely, you're, you almost, you know, pucker because it is very sour. But then it's also sweet and tangy. Mm-hmm. I better do one more because now I oh, forgot really? all about it. Three? Uh-huh. Oh, you forgot. Yeah, smoothie-ish, but also, like, there's a lot going on there. It's a party in your mouth for sure. And definitely a five. Let's see what you think. Okay, so yeah, let me smell it. Yeah, it does smell pretty strongly of passion fruit or mango. <laughs> I almost rated it a four. Really? Because there's a little bit of an aftertaste. Yeah. That's why you keep drinking. But I'm going to have another one because okay. I think this is a five. Ooh. Remember, you can always give halves. No, that's a five. You betcha. Woo. Winner, Patrick. Are we going to fight over this? Well, I'm hoping that you like the next one mm. higher. So you but, get this yeah. one, you mean? Uh-huh. Yep, that's my goal. So, so It's good to have goals. Great job, Patrick. So the, I'm sorry, Ed, but in advance that this was not done on purpose. Because um, you did mention Patrick Smith in your letter, and I will read the letter. I'm sorry, you and the Hoffer. Again, this is from Ed Butt. It was enclosed with the beer that he sent. I'm sorry you and the Hoffer didn't like the horny monk slash dirty blonde black and tan. I figured that since you both like Stormcloud's Rainmaker and the horny monk is the same style, and since the dirty blonde is a blonde ale which the Hoffer tends to like, there was a chance. Oh well, I did find it interesting that you both agreed with me that they were better as a couple than apart. Or more accurately in your case, less bad. (laughs) Yeah. I will take some solace in the, quote, knowing... In my heart, that your rating would have been a little higher were you not drinking it right after a Patrick Smith beer that you had both given a raving five. So, Ed, that was not done on purpose. We, but it's going to happen again. We're we're going to give a raving five, and then we're going to taste one of your beers. Here are a few beers. Ed says, "I am afraid it is not a carefully curated selection chosen especially for you two. Rather, it's a bunch of beers that I have left as we shut down for the winter." Given my taste, and given the people I have been hanging with, I have mostly heavy stouts. Oop, oop. That's Mm-mm. that's a me adding to his note. Very little the Hoffer has a chance to like, enjoy, or at least discover another beer you want to avoid. Cheers, Ed. I have to disagree, because when we opened up the package, there were at least two to three that I thought that I might like. Yeah, he sent how many? Five, Five. I believe. Okay, and you think you've selected one that I'll like so that you yes. can have yeah. the Patrick Smith beer. You know. It's very strategic. How I do it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one is from 18th. First of all, oh. thank you, Ed Butt. Yes, thank you very much. 18th Street Brewery. Mm-hmm. And that is from Hammond, Indiana. Ooh. Not a Midwestern well, beer. That's over no. by Gary. No. No. Nope. Don't even try it. Okay. Okay. Cradle to the Grave, this one is called, and it looks very spooky. It seems like it is a you know, Halloween-type beer because mm-hmm. it is so spooky. There's skulls on it, and, I mean, you're talking about a grave, and it, yeah, it just looks really spooky. I wonder if Chris Davenport brought this for Maybe. Summer of Littles. Because he, be. remember, he brought all those yeah, beers. Yeah, he brought a bunch. And this what, one's from Hammond, Indiana. What does this look like to you? 
The Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper. Mm-hmm. And like holding somebody's head or something. Or I'm sure you're getting a really good idea yeah, of what it looks like. he's holding someone's head. But it's certainly spooky. And it doesn't really talk about what what it is. No, I take that back. Red velvet inspired pastry stout with vanilla beans and lactose added. Oh, God. I'm going to pay for this, but I yeah, know I'll love it. I think you will like this one. Yeah. Hammond, Indiana. I wonder if I might be right. And if it is Chris Davenport, I should I should um, reverse and say newly, newly elected school board mm. member Chris Woo-hoo! Davenport. Congratulations, Mr. Davenport. Absolutely. All right, here we go. I'm really excited about this one. Yeah. It is extremely dark. Yes, it is. Oh, And gosh. look at the head. It's almost like uh, it's a nitrile oh. can. It looks like just extremely dirty water. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it doesn't. It's, it's like, it kind of looks like root beer, actually. The yes. color of root beer. Yep, it yeah. does. It doesn't smell like too much. I don't know. It, it smells like a beer. Like a dark beer. Okay. Okay, here we go. Actually, whoa, I didn't make a face, did I? No. You looked at me sort of like, you're not going to get this after all. Oh, gosh. No, I wouldn't go that far. I'm thinking like a one or two. Oh. But usually I make a face. Yeah, and you're like, Yeah, yeah. And I'm even going to give it a second try. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, I would never order that. Mm -hmm. So it can't be anything above a three plus, right? Yeah. For me, a four, really. Oh, I would give that a 1.5. Oh. Yeah. There's definitely an aftertaste of ish. Am I going to like it? Yeah, you will. What was the ABV on this? Uh, I don't think it says on there. While you're doing that, I'll smell it. Okay. I definitely don't taste any red velvet or vanilla beans. Definitely take the taste the lactose. I smell the sweetness of a stout. Ooh. And I don't know if people understand what I mean because I don't really even understand what I mean but it smells like when there's lactose and a lot of sugar added Mm. I can smell it yeah you did not find the ABD all right here we go god I hope I like it better than the sour oh yeah yeah I can't like it better than the sour because I gave the sour a five yeah but I'll give this a five as well. Whoa. You betcha. You betcha. Nice job, Woo. Ed. Ed, you got lucky on that one. I don't think so. He knows I like that's, stouts. That's true. And, and, and he al- likes stouts. Yeah, and although he already had it at his house, yeah, like he, he knew said you would like it. He didn't curate this no. for us. No. But to hit but a five ca- right out of the gate, come yeah. on. And he kind of did, though, because I'm sure he had a lot of options. Yeah. And he still picked out of all those options yep, what we yep. might like. Yep, did great. So I would say it is still curated for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he said specifically it wasn't. Well, but we'll take it. We'll take it. Okay. We have completed another taste test. And we have quite a few more beers to go now. Yes, we do. And I thank Ed Bud again for sending another shipment to us i also thank bob walsh for sending a ship another shipment to us and i also thank patrick smith and we still have one or two left from sarah susie mm-hmm. that we need to do as well so yep. we've got lots right now yeah we do and we appreciate it it's really it's surprising <laughs> but it's always fun and uh people are very generous and we love you and we thank you and happy thanksgiving hoffer i'd say happy thanksgiving to you but I'll be seeing you that day, so I'll wait till then. 
Yeah. And you know what we'll be talking about next episode? Probably Thanksgiving. Yes. It'll be the, the food episode. Yeah. Every episode seems to have <laughs> some sort of food. Okay, we need to wrap this up because it's time for the Midwest Guest Co-Host of the Day. Woo! Time for the Midwest Guest Co-Host. She's the best co-host of the day. Yeah, it's the Midwest Guest Co-Host. Yeah, you betcha she'll know just what to say. Well, yes, it is time for our Midwest Guest Co-Host of the Day. Welcome back. I was going to say for the blank time not like a swear word but like the sixth time but I actually don't know it's been an it's probably been six or seven eight I don't know Kim how many times anyway Kim Wilson (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much yes I have lost count as well but you know what as long as we're having fun it doesn't matter how many times right so I I, you know I'm not gonna refer to how many times from now on because I can't keep track right yeah so Welcome back to the program. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me again, KJ. It's great to be here on this cold uh, November, rainy kind of Guns N' Roses kind of night. I was going to say, you're, you're quoting Guns N' Roses. Yes. It, I was going to ask you, because you know it's a Midwest bias, Midwest podcast, and it's November. So I yesterday we got, I don't know, maybe two inches of snow, first snowfall of the season. Today it's been snowing all day. But nothing has accumulated because it's a wet snow and it's above freezing. So it's just sort of melting as it lands. So now you're telling Mm -hmm. me that it's also snowing in Michigan? It is raining right now. Um, It was snowing this past weekend. And it apparently got to an inch in my city. However, none of it accumulated. The the, the ground is still warm. So, I mean, it was only 70 degrees on Wednesday last week. You know, and then come to come to a football game on Saturday, and it was snowing at the football game I was at. So yes, the the bipolar weather of the Midwest has come to fruition yet again. Yes, it sure has. It sure has. I'm not quite ready for the snow, but nobody's asking me. <laughs> right. Okay, so let's do some Twitter talk because it's been okay. I think it's been two weeks now that we haven't had an episode. But I guess we have one tweet per week because we have a tweet and they're both <laughs> the same person, Will, at Aquarium, D-R-N-K-E-R. The first thing he wanted to know two weeks ago, is glamping a thing in the Midwest? And then he gave a link to glamping.com. Okay. Kim, is glamping a thing in the Midwest? If it is, I do not participate. <laughs> right. And nor do I know anybody that does participate. The people that I know who actually camp um, have RVs. And when I say they have RVs, they have the tricked out, very much huge RVs. And meanwhile, all I want is a small teardrop camper. So whenever I go camping, uh, I have tents or I rent uh, cabins. Because, you know, I've gotten to the point in my life where drying out a tent is exhausting. Oh yeah, no tents for me. Yeah. Okay, so glamping, the definition I think is uh, it's a portmanteau of glamour and camping, correct? Is that how you th- what you think of it is? Glamorous camping? Yes. Okay, glamping. Yes. But I think it's sort of changed over the year because glamping, that term has been around for a while and I always thought of it as just 
so I guess to answer the question, I've certainly heard of glamping. So I guess it's a thing in the Midwest. Or maybe I'm just, you know, more worldly. <laughs> but I think when it first came out, it would have maybe the tricked out RV would have qualified for glamping because anything that's not the old school tent might be considered glamping. But now I think it particularly refers to these huge canvas tents that have like full size beds and they have a um you know lighting fixtures and they make it look like a hotel room but it's out in the wilderness. Is that am I do you think I'm at all capturing this correctly? That's what I imagine when I'm when I'm thinking of it. Maybe it has, you know, a TV in there. Something Mm -hmm. like that maybe has Wi-Fi, you know, something that maybe your normal campground doesn't have, but these specific, you know, glamping areas do. Um, As a person who goes to a cabin, you have to bring your own sheets, you have to bring all your own linens, all that jazz. So I'm not, when I imagine it, I, I imagine, you know, almost like you described, you know, a hotel kind of concierge service. Yeah. Yep. And the the interesting thing is, is when I click this link, glamping.com, it pulls up featured property, the very first featured property on the page, the resort at Paws Up, Montana. Now, I know that glamping is popular in Montana more so than I would, I'd be willing to say more so than the Midwest because my cousin Pam, oh, hang on. It's the name drop. Pam is aware of glamping. She told the Hall of Famer and I the last time we were out that we should, we have six acres, that we should get into this and put it on, uh, not necessarily glamping.com, but I think it's called Hip Camp, and rent out some of our land for this. And I have considered this. I don't know if glamping in this way is going to be a fad, but she mentioned Paws Up, this exact resort that's featured. And I'm talking, this is about a year ago. Now, this is what we would call on speaking of tangent, a QE moment. <laughs> <laughs> but I was confused because at Paws Up, I would think that that, I, I thought that she mentioned this one, but maybe not because I think she said it was just for dogs. And I'm kidding. I am not kidding. If I push view property on this, it says starting at $1,155 per night. How is that? How is um, Why? Exactly. Like, <laughs> I think that's my, <laughs> my biggest question is why? Like yeah. you can get an Airbnb for that. You can get a really nice Airbnb for yeah. that. Yeah, that's, that's too much for my taste, really. Unless I hit the lottery, which... Frankly, if I hit the lottery right now, um, the house from a Christmas story is up oh. for sale. Oh, and so um, I will be purchasing that. Yes. Okay. Well, did you did you buy Powerball tickets? I did. Yeah. I actually I did, did not too. win anything. <laughs> no, I didn't either. Um, okay. So it says on this website, glamping types, tents, barns and farmhouses and cabins. And it says what it's great for. Basically, it's great for anything. But they have... Total accommodation, 64 of these things. And they're beautiful. Of course they're beautiful. But I was expecting, honestly, to see like $355 a night. Oh, no. $1,155. Yeah. 
no, no. But but yeah, they're they're full of. There's a big chandelier. There's a big bed, and it's beautiful. Montana's gorgeous, right? I mean, you look out, and I can see the appeal of it. I cannot. I'll stick with my camper. What do you need a chandelier for out in the middle of the woods? Well, I mean, it says romantic getaway is one of the things you could do. I'm sorry. I have (laughs) never found a chandelier romantic. So (laughs) if anyone anyone is out there and they're thinking of, you know, trying to hook up with me, (laughs) a chandelier is not going to. Chandelier is not going to do it for you. No, not absolutely, absolutely not. (laughs) So the Paws Up Resort is, dogs are allowed, animals are allowed, but it's for humans. It's for humans. So anyway, I do believe this is the exact resort that my cousin said, you have to go to it. And now I don't know how much Pam thinks I make, but (laughs) $1,155 a night is outside of my budget, cousin Pam. But it does look very nice. So wow. to answer Will's question, glamping has reached the Midwest. I'm certain that if I looked up, like, especially northern Minnesota or along the North Shore, I'm sure there'd be glamping spots. Have I participated in glamping? Not in this way, no. No, no, not at all. I would not. This is not my my style of camping. You know, I like I said, I am looking to get maybe a, a teardrop or something small. Mm-hmm to to pull to pull behind and and stay at you know some of the smaller camping areas but nothing nothing like that (laughs) nothing that can hold a chandelier well i was just gonna (laughs) say a teardrop may not hold a chandelier which you'd be you'd happy about right okay so the next one from will that he sent us he sent it from a, a an account called discontinued foods at snack underscore memories and the tweet from them says, well, it's come to this. Is cheesecake technically pie slash in the pie family? And it's a it's a poll. And, and I voted in the poll. There's three days left or okay. four days left. I can't remember. And it's pretty much at 50-50, Kim. This is, this is very perplexing because yes. the name itself is cake. Mm-hmm. However, the consistency is one of pie. That's true too. And I, that's probably where this question comes from. Right. So when you think of cheesecake, you think of the crust, whether it be a graham cracker crust or maybe even one of those Oreo crusts. Those are delicious. Mm-hmm. And then and then you think of the filling inside of it. I, I mean, I'm leaning towards pie. Ooh, I voted no. You voted no. Yes. I- I'm shocked. Well, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. I don't think of it as a cake either. I just, I suppose because you, you do cut cheesecake like a pie, but you also cut cake that way. I don't know. I don't think it's a pie Um, or a cheese or a cake. It's just a dessert. Where, where would you sit it in the dessert family then? Ooh, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd put it anywhere. I'd think it's. In its own own class. So it's its own category at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, if I had to really choose, if, if I had no choice, I, I can't call it a cake. I'd have to call it a pie, I guess. Yeah. I mean, just think of the consistency and there's crust involved. Cake, there's no crust involved. 
Right. Unless you have a really, really old cake and we don't want to talk about like fruitcake and all that stuff. So No, no, please. <laughs> there's crust. There's a filling. I, I want to go on team pie on this. Okay. Well, you, you have brought me over to team pie. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> but I can't go back and change my poll vote. <laughs> See, this is the problem with like not talking this out. You have to, you cannot make rational decisions when it comes exactly. to dessert. No, you can't. And if it's in front of, I mean, I'm someone that always says, oh, I don't like cheesecake because it's too rich. Well, and maybe we'll talk about this a little later, but since the last time you were on, we discussed HelloFresh. Yes. And guess who now gets (laughs) HelloFresh? Who's that? (laughs) That would be us, the Hall of Famer and me. And Nice. They slipped in a tiny cheesecake. We didn't order it. I'd think it was some reward or something. And I told the Hall of Famer, oh, I don't like cheesecake. You can have it. Well, that didn't last because if if it's put in front of my face, I'm going to take it. And it was very, very good. Yeah, sometimes they'll add in uh, small desserts, small things um, as a bonus. And I have found that their cheesecakes are pretty top-notch oh it was excellent so i guess kim this means that we are both i mean you're clearly team pie and i am reluctantly team pie 100 percent. yep i think that's where uh the consensus should land i am open for debate though well these things are important to discuss it's important to think about these very important topics absolutely okay so thank you will oh hang on the name drop, name drop of the week. For sending those two tweets in. Um, I want to ask you a question. You, I think you know that Mama moved to a new apartment last week. Yes, I saw that. Yep. And so I had a question about the movers. And, and it's not, I'm not complaining about the movers. The movers were great. Um, but I'm. I'm wondering if the way that we were, that they charged mama, I just want your opinion and then any listeners to weigh in because I don't know if it was right or if this is standard or what. Okay, let's go for it. So first of all, this was an in-town move. So it was only about 10 minutes from her house to the new house. Mm-hmm. And so we were happy to hear that the movers charged by the hour because if they didn't, if they just charged for, I don't know, square footage or however they charge, it's easier to box up things and take over ourselves. So all we really left the movers were the big items. Right. Yep. So we knew that the move wouldn't take too long. So they, they scheduled the move for 10 a.m. And that time becomes important later at least I think it does and when it was all said and done they so they arrived at 10 a.m and they were done at 2 50 p.m so they rounded that up to three Mm -hmm. so that is what five hours yeah did they take a lunch in there They they took a lunch okay nobody knows how long the lunch was they charged us for the full five hours they did not they did not tell us they took a lunch, but we noticed that it was taking quite a long time for them to come 
you know, we left the, we had to let him in the first house, tell him exactly what to bring. And then we went to her new house and they weren't showing up and they weren't showing up and we're like, geez, they should be here by now. So I just asked him, did you take a lunch break? Yeah, we took a lunch break. Oh, okay. So I don't know if it was half hour, an hour, whatever. It took them, the total time was five hours, but they did take a lunch break and they charged us for five hours. So my question is, is that standard or should have, should they have taken the lunch out? I feel like they should have taken the lunch out. And that's just because you're charging for your time. Like they would have taken a lunch regardless of what job they were working on. Mm -hmm. So I think they should have taken that out. You know, I don't think that you should be charged for their lunch time. You know, you should be charged for the hours that they physically worked. You know, the loading in, the loading out. Yep. The you know the travel time between the two apartments, I I'm I am not for charging a, a customer for their lunch time. Yeah, and so that's what we thought too. And Mama even asked him, "So did you take out the lunch time for that?" When when he calculated the five hours, and he mm-hmm. said, "Would you like us to?" Yes. And she said, (laughs) well, yeah, why don't you? And then I was sort of like, well, I mean, if that's the way they do it, I guess that's the way they do it. And the the boys were younger. They were probably in their 20s. It was two two boys, two Mm -hmm. men, two young men. And they said something like, yeah, it's just the logistics. It's otherwise we don't get paid for our time or something. And I wasn't buying it because if they wanted to me, they they basically got paid for their lunch. I mean, if they thought if that was an issue, they should have come at seven and be done by noon and then take their lunch. So if they charge at 10 a.m., if they said they set up the 10 a.m. time, my thought was if they take a lunch, that's on them. We shouldn't be charged for that. But I didn't know. And I wondered if anyone had run into this or what the standard practice was. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is because I don't typically use, whenever I've moved things, whether it be for, you know, different family members or anything like that, we we just always do it ourselves. If we Mm -hmm. rent a truck, we rent a truck. Um, I I haven't run into a situation where I've used movers before, but at the same time, they knew that they were going to have a lunch in that time frame. Exactly. And... How long did it, it, let me ask you this. How long did it take them to load in everything? To the new apartment? I'm saying like, you know, take it out of the old apartment and put it in the truck. Well, we left before they finished that job, but they didn't have much left when we left. That's why we were like, where are they? Mm -hmm. And that's why we presumed that they went to lunch. I would say that it took them about an hour. I don't know, maybe 90 minutes to load. And an hour to unload. Now that doesn't add up to five hours, so it must have taken longer. But I don't. I I think they probably took an hour lunch. This is what I'm saying. I think they're milking it at that point yeah. in time. You know, as as a person who has moved many times in the past, I, the get in, get out, and get it done is mm-hmm. very much high priority on my uh, on my to do list. You know, yeah. I don't want to have that truck any longer than what I booked it for. Um, you know, I feel like they, they milked it 
at, at some point for, for this just to get the extra hours. That's what I feel like too. And, and mm-hmm. so we were happy with the hour. We were happy they charged hourly, but I guess maybe not because they definitely, I think, like you said, I think they milked it. Otherwise they would have made an afternoon or an early morning booking. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. there's nowhere in the paperwork that says you'll be charged for their lunch break or anything like that. And the fact that the kid asked her, do you, do you want us to take the lunch break out? So like, it tells me they're not supposed to charge for a lunch break. And mm-hmm. if they can get away with it, fine. But if the customer asks, don't do it. Right. Well, in our Midwestern politeness, you know, I was the one that interceded. Mama had actually asked him to take it out. And I mm-hmm. just thought we were being cheap. And I thought if that's the way they do it, maybe that's their standard. Maybe we should. But the kids did not, the young men did not give a good enough explanation to, for me. So I think mama should pursue it further. I know it's not, it's not a lot. It's just an hour and they were very reasonable and they did a great job, but I didn't think that was right. No, no. I mean, and and especially like helping out someone who's elderly and, you know, and I understand a business is a business. Don't get me wrong. I have worked in corporate America for many, many years. Yes. But at the same time, you have to be reasonable with what you charge your customers. And if you're not being reasonable and, you know, I don't get paid for my lunch. I have been told, you know, if you work eight hours, you have to work those eight hours. And then if you want half an hour lunch break, you have to work an extra half an hour. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you, I don't get paid for my lunch hour. I don't see why other people feel the need maybe to charge for that yeah yeah that's where I was at with it too and they were not going to tell us they took a lunch but I mm-hmm. I specifically asked them and if they only booked one job that day that's on them you know that you can uh-huh. book more than one job in a day especially yeah. if it's just you know point to point you know 10 minutes from here to there mm-hmm. you could have gotten that load that was it yeah one load. yeah you could have gotten that done in no time, and then had a second job on top of that. Yes, I agree. So, Mama, if you're listening, there's another person who agrees with us. So maybe other people will have a different opinion. Maybe somebody listening will have worked for a mover at some point and said, this is why you're being ridiculous. I'm open to that. I just want to know because to me it didn't make sense. Yeah. You mentioned that you've always moved yourself or had friends with the – with you rented a truck and we've done all that. But when we mm-hmm. moved here, we did that five years ago. Yep. Those days are gone for me. <laughs> I, I'm getting too old. I, I didn't mind. I mean, the hall of famer and I did all the moving of, we made, must've made 10 or more trips with small boxes and clothes on the hanger and all the odds, odd stuff that can't be fit, fit in a box. Right. And, that was enough. We were not going to tackle the heavy furniture. We're like, nope, just pay the movers. Because, you know, my mom couldn't help pack and couldn't right, help yeah. carry anything. So it was all on the two of us. So I was happy that she decided to hire movers. Oh, absolutely. And it's understandable when you don't have as many people as, like, I can call in mm-hmm. my immediate family. You know, um, I can call on multiple cousins multiple relatives that will be there, you know, uh, cause we all 
we all live within about a 10 square mile radius of each other. So, yeah. you know, uh, for the most part, I can call someone and they will be there um, very, very quickly to, to help me where I need to be. Um, or I can help them. You know, it's, it's always a, a two way street on that. So, yeah. you know, uh, I, I, but I understand the situation you were in. You know, there were, there were points when we were moving my grandma from her house you know, that she had lived in for multiple decades. And I was like, why can't we just get a mover to move the rest of this stuff out? And nobody wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. I ended up with her, her buffet, you know, like one of those huge buffets. And we took it down the stairs to my basement. And my sister and I were very cautious about the way we did it, but I almost fell. And I was like, well, this is how I die is taking a buffet (laughs) down the stairs in my house for, you know, and what ended up happening was there was a flood in my basement and it's completely gone and we couldn't even salvage it. So, you know, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I completely understand your position because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, sometimes it's not worth it. No. And even if they charge for lunch when they shouldn't have, it was still worth it. Right. 100%. It's one of those, you are at a point in your life where you're like, this is what I choose to spend money on. And I'm Mm -hmm. 100% behind it. Yes. Okay. Uh, I need to backtrack because I think I know what you're talking about when you say a buffet, Mm -hmm. but now I'm second guessing myself because I don't, either my family has never had a buffet or we call it something different. So this is intriguing to me. Can you picture, can you paint me a picture of a buffet? Okay, imagine a place where the top drawer, like there's two cabinets on the side to hold maybe special dishes. So the the dishes that can't go in a dishwasher that have to be, you know, hand washed and are only used for, say, Thanksgiving, since Thanksgiving is coming up. Okay. um, Or special events. And then it's got drawers in the middle. The top drawer was specifically for special silverware. So everything had, there were specific cutouts for forks and for spoons and knives and butter, you know, the little butter Mm -hmm. knives and all that stuff. And then middle drawers where my grandma kept uh, table, uh, tablecloths and, and accoutrement that would fit the uh, event or holiday. Okay. And all the remaining drawers would have all the different things in there. So basically something to set up a buffet, uh, the way that my grandmother used it was a place where she stored things for holidays and, and dining purposes. Okay. So what I'm picturing is we moved, well, we didn't, the movers did, but I unpacked, I packed everything that was inside it. And that is a hutch. When I say hutch, you know what I mean? Yes. So the hutch comes in two pieces. The bottom part might be like a buffet Mm -hmm. where you have the cutouts for the silverware and stuff and where the dishes are kept or some of, not the dishes, but some of the fancy tablecloths and linens. Yeah. And then the piece on top is three glass shelving and that's where she has all the fancy dishes and that area is glass doors and it lights up and it's a decorative piece of furniture and there was no way I was moving that. Okay. I mean, it would be something similar. Okay. But my grandmother's P 
piece did not have that secondary part okay. to go on top. It was just, there were shelves on the side. So like mm-hmm. you could open up doors and there were shelves on the side. Okay. And then, you know, that's where she would store the dishes. And then in the middle were all the drawers. Okay. So it was more for storage and not display. Correct. Okay. So a hutch is more for storage and display is how I'm looking, how I'm understanding it. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like a corno curio cabinet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I don't think our family has any buffets, but now I okay. know for sure what you're talking about. Okay. Yep. Now, speaking of Thanksgiving and food or food items such as plates and fancy dishware, what is in Kim's Crock-Pot tonight? All right. In my Crock-Pot tonight is a wonderful dish that I found thanks to the Aldi Facebook group uh, that I am in. Uh, I am in multiple ones, but the Michigan Facebook group uh, brought me this wonderful recipe. It is a Parmesan garlic pasta dish. So it's actually twofold. Mm. So you have the Parmesan garlic chicken that is cooking in the crock pot. And then once that is ready, I cook the pasta on the stove and then combine those two together to make a really nice Parmesan garlic chicken uh, pasta dish that involved the Buffalo Wild Wings Parmesan garlic uh, sauce. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And... Have you made this recipe before? No, this, this was first the first timer. This was a first timer, and I tell you what, I'm putting that into rotation right now. Okay. Yeah. So should we re- should we include how how should we include the recipe? Should we do it in the show notes? Should we tweet it out after the show? Uh, I think I have a copy of the ingredients okay. and how it goes uh, together. So um, I could absolutely tweet that out. Um, it's basically uh, the cro- it, it says the crock pot buffalo wild wings garlic parmesan chicken pasta is is the name of the recipe. So if you're looking for it um, on the internet, that's where it would be. But I can also post these screenshots that I took so that I got all the ingredients and everything was good to go. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. So no HelloFresh tonight. No HelloFresh tonight. Nope, that is for tomorrow. Um, I will be making tacos tomorrow. So looking forward oh, to that. So we had taco. We had tacos. La- we made the HelloFresh taco meals last night. And we have leftovers for tonight. Oh, okay, great. Is it the one one pan chicken stir fry ones? No, but we did get that a couple weeks ago, and very very good. This one is, um, boy, what was it? Pork something. Oh, okay. uh, it was good. And then next week we have a shrimp taco coming. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. I am big on the tacos. You know, anytime yeah. they have anything to do with, with the tacos, like I even tried their sweet potato uh, taco recipe. That was oh, really good. I haven't seen that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I love, we love HelloFresh. We love, I love that the, everything's already portioned out for you. It's just fantastic. And the only thing that I don't like, and I didn't even actually recognize it until my sister-in-law, Jenny. Oh, hang on. It's the name drop, name drop of the week. Mentioned it. Well, she was asking, do they have, like you can't, so if they give you a spice packet and they just call it Southwestern Spice, you don't know what's in there. So you can't reproduce the recipe. Correct. 
And so they make it so that you can't really reproduce the recipe. You can guess, but you can't really reproduce it so that you will, I'm sure, buy more. My cousin has it down where she'll take a recipe and while she doesn't know the exact ingredients, she can make something similar. Mm, so she me. will actually, uh, she will take the cards, she'll study the cards, and she'll put in what she thinks is good and reproduce it, you know, constantly. So she's always asking me for copies of the cards so that she can see what the ingredients were and, you know, so that she can try and replicate it on her, on her end. And have you tasted any of her recipes? And if so, have they measured up? I have not, uh, but she says that they're good. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to take her word on this. Okay. Well, see, we've been throwing away the recipe cards because we're like, it doesn't pay. We don't know. We don't know how to reproduce it anyway. Right. Right. So maybe we'll start holding on to them. I mean, I you know. can try. I mean, you can also see what you've done in the past and, mm-hmm. you know, with past deliveries and maybe save those. I'm not big on that, you know, because I'm like, okay, one and done. I'm good. But I'll save them sometimes and, and like I said, send them to my cousin. So Yeah. And the other thing I don't like is I wish it was just a little cheaper, but the food is really tasty. Yes. Yes. I, um, in fact, I actually, I got a delivery today and then I paused it for the rest of the year because we've got the holidays coming up. Food is obviously a big priority with these holidays. Mm -hmm. And so I already know that I'll have, uh, leftovers and and different things going on there. Um, but also I want to save a little bit of money. And so I will probably be making more crockpot recipes coming up. Oh, great. And just yeah. trying to save on, you know, just save some cash that way and spend it on, you know, my nephews or something like that. Okay. So we can pause it. You can't just, I thought you can only pause like at a week at a time. You don't have to, every week you have to go in and pause it. So, but you're saying you can pause till the end of the year. Oh, well, I had to go in and physically skip every week, oh, okay. but you can do that. Okay. Yeah. Well, great. But I would recommend HelloFresh. I'm with you there, Kim. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay, before we go, any Thanksgiving plans this year that, I mean, I think we talked about Thanksgiving traditions last year, but I don't remember for sure. But do you do anything different besides turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and the whole traditional spread? Or uh, No, nothing, nothing outside of the norm. I typically go over to my cousin Bob's and his father-in-law will make about five or six different pies You know, we've got a couple different turkeys going on because they have multiple people coming over. Um, I'm not sure of the plans as of today's recording Uh um, because he said that some some things have transpired and they might have to go somewhere else uh, instead of hosting it at their house. My cousin's wife, her grandmother is 97, I believe. And so they are they might be taking Thanksgiving over to her house. We have not heard yet. So we're just kind of like playing it by ear. Mom and I might end up going out for dinner, Uh you know, and just having a lovely like reservation somewhere. But as of right now, I have um, uh, no firm plans, but I will land somewhere. I'm not I'm not worried about it. Very good. Okay, well, whatever you end up doing, have a great Thanksgiving. I hope you have a great Central Standard Time. And I'm told, thanks to Michelle Pendleton, that it is actually standard time now. Because yes, yes, I it thought is. <laughs> we were leaving standard time. 
but we <laughs> no. were leaving daylight time. Well, and here's the thing. I was never going to correct you because it's your show. And so therefore, <laughs> if you want to make it standard time, God bless you for it. So, <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you for joining me again for the We're Not Counting Anymore time. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll talk to you soon and with another Crock-Pot recipe. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. That's it. That's the podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Midwest Bias Pod. And you can email your questions and comments to MidwestBiasPod at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and review and subscribe or follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Overcast, that's where I get my podcasts. And no, Overcast is not a sponsor of this podcast yet. But Best Rubber Stamp is... Thanks so much to Best Rubber Stamp and Christopher Giannini and all the folks over there. You can find them at bestrubberstamp.net. Email them at stamps at bestrubberstamp.net or give them a call at 901-278-4500. Mention Midwest Bias, get 20% off your first order. And especially be sure to rate and review this podcast if you really like it. If you don't like it, no worries. Don't even waste your time. Really, it's fine. So thank you. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you. Bye now. How is that? How is um, Why?